Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. And with me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, the man who will tell every crooked, crooked contractor to get the fuck away from him, Lavender Gooms. Good evening, guys. I must tell you, it is a banger a banger of national holidays today guys december 12th it is uh it is a one to remember 12 12 you know it's special in my heart all right i wish you all a happy international universal health coverage day oh that's good all right yeah that's <laughs> not bad it's not bad right international day of neutrality don't know what that means but okay sure you know Very i love a little gray so in my life uh, National Ambrosia Day, the food of the gods, Mark. Oh, the food of your people, because, you know, it's Greek. Sure. Actually. Why not? And my favorite, today is also a National Dingling Day. The uh, treat? Or, I mean, dingling is not something I'm super familiar with, Mike. Well, well, Mark, you know, you can play with a dingling and you can do a lot of other things with it. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I'm more confused than ever, and I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> this show stinks. <laughs> this show stinks. All right, folks. Uh, a lot of times we start this podcast, and I'm like, I wonder how long this one's going to be because I genuinely don't know. This one's probably going to be long. Just gonna, you probably know that because you've downloaded this. You see the length of it. Um, a lot happened in this last week, guys. A lot happened um, on this last card. Um, UFC 282, a card I'd like to refer to as UFC 282, the chickens come home to roost. Or UFC 282, the UFC gets hoisted on its own petard. Because it seems like a lot of the issues this company has had all kind of converged into one event. A lot of it in the last two fights, really. Um, what the hell's a petard? Um, I think it's something to do with horses. Because you're hoisted onto something. I don't know, man. You, you, you Google it while we're talking. Here, okay? who, who did you steal that saying from? White people, Mike. White people. All right. Mm, all right. That answers it. I, I, I've definitely heard President Bartlett say it on the West Wing. Shout out. Um, okay. We're going to talk about UFC 282. We're going to really focus first on the co-main event. Then we'll talk about the main event along with the rest of the card after that, which was, quite frankly, really good up until the co-main event. Um, it was Mark. It's hard to complain about a fight card that is going ten for ten in terms of finishes leading up to the McCombie. Yeah, event. yeah, um, good stuff. You got to think about how bad the last two fights would have gone for we go to what is a guaranteed fight of the year contender to just a real wet fart to end the pay per view pay per view. Mm, I wouldn't even the say year. the the fights were bad. I think the the results were just the, just the situations at the end. Yes, sure. It's a lot of times I feel if the main event. Uh, Ends, no matter how good a card is, a lot of times the main event carries mm -hmm. your opinion of what happened. Um, it's unfortunate for some of the guys on the undercard, including a uh, new star and official It's M Amazing guy, I think, Ilya Tapuria, after this past week. Sure. But um, 
let's get into it. The co-main event is what everybody's talking about. Um, it's what happens when um, a lot of people think they saw a robbery or at minimum very questionable judging, including one man who fucked up fights from coast to coast um, in Douglas Crosby. Let's get into it, though. Patty the Batty Pimblet took on... I lost his goddamn name for a second. Uh, Jared, Jared uh, Gordon. Gordon. J Jared, Jared Flash Gordon. Gordon. I'm sorry, Jared. You fought a great fight. You went home with half your paycheck. You definitely deserved the entire thing. Um, those of you who didn't see it, um, just given going through it, like, we went to a three-round decision here. Um, the first round um, on... Two of the three judges' scorecards went to Patty Pimblett while going uh, while going uh, to the zero people's scorecards in terms of the media to Patty Pimblett. Um, second round going to you know what I'm wording this terribly. They fought through a three round decision. Patty won all three. Patty won a 29-28 decision. Two of the judges gave a pretty baffling uh, gave pretty baffling scorecards where um, Patty won the first two rounds. Uh, Chris Lee gave it second and third round to Patty, which seemed quite, which seems acceptable if you think about it. Uh, and squint your eyes a little bit. Um, the general public had a scorecard uh, basing this on MMA decisions, which has kind of been the go-to for the media and everybody in determining general mood of a fight. Uh, Forty-seven percent of the people had it thirty twenty-seven for Jared Gordon. Forty-one percent had. Jared Gordon winning uh, 29 28. Uh, about 7.5% had Pimblet winning uh, at all. 29. Had winning. <laughs> oh, okay. 8.5% had Patty winning this fight at all. In between 29 28 and. No, no, I'm sorry. The other one was a draw. I don't know how you get a draw. 29 28, 7.5% for Patty Pimblet. Uh, media scorecards. Uh, let's go with 49% um, Gordon 30 27. 49% uh, Gordon 29 28. And some dude from Couchside Judges gave it to Pimblet two to one. I'm assuming that man though had the good sense to give him the second and the third round. Let's just talk first about the performances because we're gonna get into the judging conversation later. Um, let's just go with the fighting part of it here first, Mark. Um, mm -hmm. I think we've been very honest on this podcast about Patty's shortcomings and um, how eventually they're probably gonna get catch up with him um, if he didn't improve on them. I th I, my opinion, he hasn't really improved on them, and I think this fight was indicative of it. Uh, this was not a good performance for Patty Pimblett in the cage. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I think for a while it's always been perceived, at least you know, from us, and I think a lot of people that like you can kind of see the ceiling with this guy. Um, you know, he, he's very charismatic. I mean, there's a reason why he's generated so much buzz and so much you know fan favor around him because he's an interesting person you know with his charisma and you know how he presented himself before this week and we'll get into the nitty-gritty there but you know when it comes to fighting in the cage his stand-up has always been suspect um he leaves a lot to be desired there it seems to be a part of his game that he knows needs to be improved and he's done a bit better but honestly i mean the big you know standing point in this fight which was really bad is you know he, he keeps his chin up he doesn't protect his head particularly well. He doesn't use head movement to negate a lot of the punches. So Gordon was able to find a home for the left hook in the exchanges often in the first and second round, which ultimately led, you know, a lot of people to think he he won those rounds, you know, including myself. I thought he won. I thought he did enough in those rounds to win. At the, at the end of the day, you know, when um, the judging and everyone's kind of upset with the, you know, the decision, I understand but it also, like, they were fairly close rounds. They weren't, like, 
uh, Gordon demolished him. And it was just like he was, you know, these were 10 eights that somehow Patty got like they were very close. But I think in both in basically all the rounds, maybe except not the third, I think Jared land the cleaner, stronger strikes and should have gotten the, the nod off of damage there. But, you know, to Patty's credit. He was active. I think he his output was a bit higher than Jordan. Um, I think was the main. It? I think I was thought, it actually I mean, higher. I I can't find maybe any I, other I, you know steps. what I think you're right. I, you mean in terms of just attempts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I'm not sure he landed as many, but okay. Yeah, I, I think he was. He was I the. I think he Sorry. was the more active fighter. Gotcha. Throughout the fight, where he was throwing more, but to Jared's credit. He defended himself well. He put his hands up. He deflected a lot of the shots that Patty was hitting. And I think Patty's shots weren't necessarily as like as measured and as, you know, trying to really hit the chin or the temple. They were kind of just throwing out there for patterns. So and then obviously the third round, you know, Jordan kind of implemented more of a grappling game, which was which is really where Patty should have try to take this fight the whole time. Patty's stand up is not what got him to the show. He's a fantastic grappler. He's a great submission wrestler. Him being successful in this fight meant that he was going to be able to take him down and utilize his best skill set, which he never did in this fight. You know, the fight did go to the ground a couple times, and it was Patty on his back, and really no real submission attempts were made, except in the second round, he was trying to go for some kind of anaconda darce thing, but he didn't have that position. That didn't seem very close, close, right? No. That didn't it, see, yeah, people were making noise, and I'm like, I don't think he has anything. No, it, it wasn't. So, I mean, overall... This was a fight where, I mean, not take any way, anything away from Jared, who's like, I, I think, a tough contender. This was a fight that Patty needed to win to continue his forward progression into the stardom that he's kind of setting himself up for and has been in, envisioning. You know, he needed to win this fight. He said he said it before this fight, like, look, I want to be champion. Charles Oliveira, the now former champion, beat this guy in the first round. I need to beat him in the first round to make a statement. And oh, not only he, did he, he not. Sa- he said, I would have done better against Islam than... Charles, that was a word sentence that came out of this man's mouth before this card. So, yeah, that was not great. Yeah, I mean, he's been gassing himself up a lot. And this was the performance in the fight where, look, he got he got the nod. You know, he's it's a W on the record. There's not unless there's some kind of reversal, which I don't think there's ever (laughs) been. Um, (laughs) So it's and and, and in, in his mind, he didn't lose this fight. Right. Like after the fight, he's like, it wasn't even close. I easily won those first two rounds. I took the third off. You know, I don't understand why anyone – I think he even said, like, people only think it's close because they hate me. But the reality is – I, and I would hope when he watches this fight again with his coach, like, look, we dodged a fucking bullet. Like, And we'll talk into how he dodged that bullet, potentially the issues there. But yeah. this is a fight he should have lost. And even though he didn't lose, this was a really poor performance for the trajectory that he wants. And like we, like I talked about last week, 155 is full of fucking killers. And you and me, Bob, were talking about it. If he wants to crack the top 15 – Tony Ferguson's the lowest guy there. I don't think that goes well, bro. I don't think it does. I, I mean, Patty showed a lot of holes, and I don't know if his grappling is going to be good enough to beat him. But even no, if Tony hits him, hard too. Tony's not Mike Tyson, but Tony will hit him too, and he's durable. Tony I mean, it's just. <laughs> I mean, and also, you know, just the kind of projection of this fight to Jared Gordon. I hadn't really seen him fight before. But yeah, he looked like a 145er. Like they yeah. looked like there was probably two weight classes between these guys because Patty was like a foot taller than him. So once Much he gets in there with someone that's you know yeah. his size and his skill, it does it. It, yeah, it but, seems well, like he's not going to be as successful as he hopes to be unless he makes yeah, major again, changes. Uh, Mike, before we talk about how this man uh, lost this week in terms of all the stuff uh, surrounding the fight outside the cage, um, just performance in the cage. I was, but I mean, you got to appreciate, buddy. It's like the third round at the end of it. And you're just like, why the fuck did I put this guy as part of my parlay? And I told you, I told you what I tell you. 
I said, bad decision incoming. I could feel it. You could feel it, buddy. Um, he, I, I thought his performance in the cage, it just was disappointing. I, I, yeah, Mark, Mark said, honestly, most of everything I was going to say was just yeah. like, even the third round, where it would be like, we're going to grapple? You got fucking nothing? Like, and Dana White's criticism that Jared, he said, Jared gave the fight away. That was. Which I'm just like, that's not even, doesn't even make sense. Because two of the fucking judges had two nothing going into the third round. So third round. It, it, it sounded as if he was chastising Jared okay. for thinking he won the fight and not doing as much in you know what? the third round. I realized, let's just talk about the whole fucking week. You know, Cause uh, that's where we're at now. Mark nailed the fight. We know what's going to happen. I personally think by the way, book him against Clay Guida. I don't know if Clay Guida's a fan. I guess he's a play the way. That probably yeah, fits what we just fought. I just sense. don't know when Clay Guida has fought at 55. I, I just do we all agree if the UFC is – unless they're trying to feed him to someone, mm. you keep him away from Ilya. Right? Because I mean, that's that, the fight that, I, I, mean, I want to see it. Feed him. I want to see his hair flop around as much as the next guy. It'd be <laughs> hilarious. But he would get obliterated by Ilya. Like that would be so bad for him. Like a guy who knows how to grapple and hit that hard? Woo. Nah, you don't. You don't go on Dana White's podcast and then get someone who's not conducive to you looking good in the octagon. I mean, it depends. Did he pay Dana White to, for Dana White to be on that show? That's Ooh, that, that's, that's what I wanted point. to ask, Bobby. That was yeah, like the okay. Let's talk about this man's week. Okay, let's talk about this man's week. Um, we're not going to be the podcast that spends twenty minutes talking about just this guy getting to a fight with a journalist. But I do find it funny, Mike, that people don't learn that. Ariel's a professional. Ariel is following a journalistic code, and Ariel keeps receipts. And for all these fighters who continually question the media, right? And they say, like, oh, none of you guys could fight, yada, yada, yada. None of you could do our job. You know what? None of these fucking fighters can do their job. Not one of them tries to figure out how to do the right, do, the, do their job the right way, right? And we saw what happened when Brendan Schaub came at Ariel. And it was... A goddamn bloodbath, okay? And uh, this one didn't go much better for Patty. Um, he got roasted. So, yeah. Um, I think the thing, by the way, that got lost in that, all that, Mike, and I was telling Mark this earlier, was when he pointed out that his manager is the guy who's the promoter of Cage Warriors and the fighters of Cage Warriors have an out in their contract just for the UFC. And I just want to point out that this is why Ali Abdulaziz had to get out of the World Series of Fighting, this exact situation where he was funneling fighters from that promotion into the UFC and managing them on the way out the door. Like, that's exactly why they made, a basically, clear, Ali get out. A clear conflict of interest. Yeah. And uh, if you want to, uh, Ariel telling the story of the time, uh, he told the story of the time he, first time he met this guy, this guy at a bar. Years ago, he kept bumping into Ariel on purpose, and Brian Stan threatened to beat the fuck out of him. It's a real thing that happened, apparently. Anyway, um, so he had that happen. He looked like a total asshole. Because... Ariel didn't say anything. Patty brought this up. And then Patty was sucking off his boss. And so while sitting two feet away from Dana White saying that he didn't like journalists making money off the fighters when there's an 82-18 revenue split in the sport is a level of denseness that, like, it's pretty fucking funny. Where even, even for promoters that their literal job is to, you know, make money off of a fighter, even... With that in mind, an 82-18 split is even egregious for promoters, I have yeah, to Yeah, exactly. So we had that situation. 
we have like we have also uh, apparently this was a bit i was listening to um pete carroll who's a uk based i think irish based mma reporter saying that like patty talks about being a socialist and like he's a socialist and all that stuff and he went out there in this interview and said you earn what you can get and he said that he hates he says he hates the tories and you know what dana white fucking is in this country what is a tory uh republican and uh, conservative in okay. uh yeah in the uk so dana white is so he had a really bad time there okay then people start pointing out which i've known about for a while because the internet exists that patty said some xenophobic shit in the past a bunch of different times and then people are bringing that up and then he has the press conference where he is dancing right around the edges of racism and xenophobia with the words he's using. No, 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 no. Let me let me stop you right there. That's not dancing around the edges. That's fucking racist calling someone a mongrel. Okay. Look, I think so too. Personally, uh, he got a, he said a couple things to Ariel that were bordering on the lines of what you don't call a Jewish person, by the way, too. I thought too. Just putting that out there. Which um, one? Um, I know he called them. Oh, was it rat? Was that yep, the one? There it is. That was <laughs> That's it. The one. That was the one. That was the one. So he had a really bad week. Okay. And I was listening to Anthony Evans, who used to be a UFC PR guy. He was on Ariel and uh, Chuck Mindenhall and Pizzi's uh, Ringer MMA live show, where he said, Dana doesn't like uh, feeding lines to fighters or managing the fighters what they say, but someone has to talk to this kid because his manager's clearly not the one because his manager's picking fights. So it was a really bad week for him, I think. I think it was a really, really bad week. I don't think it was like debilitating entirely. If he's going to fight on this UK at pay-per-view, he should probably shut the fuck up um, about the whole defighting with the media thing. He should probably shut the fuck up. He should probably, he has his own fucking show. He should watch the fight and say, Mark, you should probably say, oh, that was a close fight. I was wrong. It was a really close fight. I think I did enough to win. I think I won the second and the third, actually, or something. I think he, <coughs> pardon me, everybody, coming off of a cold here. Um, I think. He can get himself out of this a little bit, or you know what? Maybe it doesn't matter. But there, people were booing at in the in, when at the, there was enough people booing that I heard it when he was so, talking to Joe Rogan. So, like, so he needs to that. So to that end, um, they, I think he's gonna be fine because they, if you notice, they weren't booing when he was coming in. You were hearing, you were still hearing all the. All the whole old party, the body. Mm -hmm. Like you're hearing all of that very clearly going into the octagon. Yeah, the same people who were chanting USA though when Bryce Mitchell was fighting against Tapuria were now chanting Patty the Batty when he was, sure. you know, they weren't sure. chanting USA yeah. that time. But go ahead. Yeah, like um I, I don't think he's gonna lose fans. Be well, no, he's he's not gonna lose a lot of fans because of this, because I mean, let's face it, a lot of the, a lot of MMA fans are pretty fucking stupid. Um, but yeah. one thing that will have them turn on you is if you have a shit performance that and you don't acknowledge part. that you had a shit yeah. performance. Yeah, I guess when I'm talking about the bad week, it really just the bad performance mark is the the cherry on top of the shit sandwich, really, that people are going to focus on. It's like you had a yeah. bad performance and then you didn't recognize it. Well, what I've been thinking about, you know, because he's trying to position himself as like the next big star and this fight kind of proved and we kind of see we saw the proof in the pudding for the last couple fights he's had that he hasn't really had that kind of skill level where it seems like oh this guy potentially could run through this division and really be a champion so i started thinking to myself like well 
who's probably the most like popular fighter that never held a belt but still can sell pay-per-views. And I thought like Nate, like Nate Diaz yep. is probably the most popular fighter that never got, because holding the belt's a big part. Once you become champion, you get that prestige and that can follow you for a long time. So I don't think Patty, at least where he's at right now, is not anywhere close to title contention. So it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe at best he could be a Masvidal or a Nate Diaz. But even then, like I think what also made those two guys popular is they, they really spoke their truth you know especially nate you know nate has nate diaz has never wavered on who he was or how he presented himself and it took a long time and a lot of fucking hard years of battles for the mma community to, to really get behind him and it, it honestly took him to the mcgregor fight right it wasn't until mcgregor yeah. he needed someone on a bigger platform to beat somebody to beat him and then i mean and, and similarly with jorge you know jorge we loved him to death, you know, when he wasn't speaking about politics. We didn't know that yeah. aspect of him, but it wasn't until he beat Ben Askren, right? That, like, you yeah. need that big win. So, Patty will need that, but he'll also need, you know, it, it seems very weird. You know, this week with all the fighting with Ariel, just it didn't seem like the guy that in the last couple fights no. we've all been rooting for and wanting to succeed. So you have all that negativity going into it. Then you have this really poor performance where we all think he kind of lost and he doesn't acknowledge it. So I, I do think his, his star went down a lot, but ultimately at the end of the day, he's going to have to work, work his way up to get bigger fights. Cause he's, he's never going to get the, the superstardom that he wants for himself by fighting these guys. We don't know. Absolutely. So at some point he's going to have to fight someone with name value and they're going to have name value because they're he, fucking he, good. At this you know, he doesn't. Pro- he get he's getting the Conor McGregor comparisons because well, shit, he's coming out of Cage Warriors, right? And sure, he's there's some from the UK there. Mm-hmm. or not UK. He's coming from that side of the world. I know you Ireland is not part of the UK. Um, but this is his fourth UFC fight, right? Mm-hmm. You guys want to know what you guys want to know what Conor McGregor did in his fourth UFC fight? Oh yeah, uh, I'm, is that yeah. Dennis Seaver? He knocked out Dustin Poirier, who was ranked number five in the world at the time. He knocked out the number five ranked light heavy lightweight in the world in 105 seconds i mean that we, i mean that, that, that like that, the comparison is not helping him no he, but he keeps we, saying his name he keeps saying connor's name too yeah it's not but helping we also case. we also mentioned too when connor came into the ufc like and i'm on i don't even want to dis, discourage the whole roster but like it was nothing but killers right it was everyone yeah. that anyone fought we all knew who they were because yeah. there wasn't you know a card every fucking week so yeah. we couldn't lose track of guys but but yeah, he hasn't fought the type of competition that's leading him to become that kind of popular guy. And then to have all this negative publicity, and Mike's absolutely right. I'm sure there is a large part of the fan base that a lot of the stuff outside of the fight didn't even register. They might not have even known about it or care about well, it at the, all. The the likes and dis, you know, like how they removed the dislike counter on YouTube. Oh, sure. you know, you can like you can add an extension that counts like shows because it's a hidden. It's okay. just a hidden number. Sure, yeah, you just can't see. Um, it. it was like wildly negative. His like his dis the dislikes on his post fight interview because first I can't believe the first thing out of his mouth was the thing was a joke about Ariel <laughs> Ariel said it too Ariel's like I've been trying to get a fighter to reference me he says I tried to he's like I begged Matt Mitrione when we were doing the Mitrione minute on this show to go on, to say my name once on this fucking bo- to talk about the show well, once he did it and then this guy does it but he's he didn't like, say I Ariel's thank Patty name no did but he? he's like the only reference anybody's ever made to me is right there but he also like, he also makes it to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Who guess what is make millions of dollars off his podcast, and guess how much he pays his guest? 
Zero. Zero. So Zero. it's like, so when he asked Joe, like, oh, are you going to pay me for this interview? Like, Joe's like, dude, don't even get me in this shit. Like, dude, I'm making my mills off the I sent you guys the, the video. I'm sure everybody's seen this now. That, like, the Joe Rogan's reaction to the decision. And right, now we're going to yeah. talk about the judging here. Dana White. Okay, look, I am. I do not believe the UFC fixes fights with judging. No, I really no. don't. Okay. I think that judging is broken. And I think that they won't fire anybody. And, um, I think the fact that Douglas Crosby has been a problem in this fucking sport for 10, at least 10. I've known about Douglas Crosby being a problem, Mark. You and I have recognized this guy's name mm -hmm. since he scored. And I know this is a long time ago, and it's going to sound weird, but he scored the first BJ Penn-Frankie Edgar fight, 5 nothing to Frankie. And his reasoning was basically more or less, I thought Frankie won the fight, so I gave him all five rounds. Yeah, so who, who cares like, what the scores? <laughs> yeah, he has a – Douglas Crosby – you can find an old – there's an old article Chuck Mendenhall did where he profiled him. Doug Crosby basically says, I have my own scoring criteria, okay? <laughs> Doug Crosby's not allowed to judge Sarah Longo fighter fights because mm -hmm. he has a beef with Ray Longo, okay? Doug Crosby – every MMA journalist apparently has a story about how much of a piece of shit this man is, okay? Doug Crosby used to write shitty, borderline racist promos for Nick Lentz when Nick Lentz thought he was going to be Chael Sonnen. Doug Crosby scored the Bellator fight Friday night between, I haven't talked about it yet, Raytheon Stotts and Danny Sabatello, okay? 50 to 45 for Danny Sabatello. Who lost? Raytheon Stotts won three rounds to two on the other two scorecards. For the first time in the history of MMA decisions, which is not the oldest website, I realize this, right? But they've never had a fight ever where they had a judge score 50 to 45 for a losing fighter. Yeah. That has never happened before, not fucking once. So this man, in that fight was in Connecticut, okay? And it ended, a Bellator card ended like at fucking 10 p.m. Then the next day, he flew across the country to go to this other card and f decide before it started, I genuinely think. Like, he, ge I genuinely think he decided before this fight started that it's going to be three, it's going to be two to one for Patty. And Ariel made a point, and I think I agree with this. He thinks that, that Crosby will score fights the way he thinks for the winner the promotion wants. And he's not saying the promotion tells him to do this. It's how Douglas Crosby stays relevant, okay? I think that's a reasonable position to have. I also do think the man is bad at his job and picks favorites. And um, between picking Danny Sabatello and Patty Piblet for no reason, likes trash talkers. Judging is really broken in this sport, Mark. It really is. It still is. We've uh, we, we just we've just added this new component now where like we think it's just damage, but it doesn't say damage. It says impact grappling. And what does impact mean? It doesn't mean it, are people even. I mean, we have other dudes who don't get fired and they're still seventy years old and they've been judging boxing. And then we have the older promoter who just says, "Oh, you gave the fight away. Why would you let it go to the hands of the judges?" Like, how borderline is this even a sport at times? Do you ever wonder that? Uh, that's I where mean, I'm at. It's it's getting bad, and I think there is a little bit of a silver lining that we could talk to, like we talked to last week with James Krause, and the whole thing being maybe under a microscope, and maybe that pressure will allow some changes to happen. Because what I do think is weird is that for a long time, I always just thought like, well, the Athletic Commission gets the referees, they get the judges, they're their own entity, right? The UFC just kind of deals with it, but the UFC is also just blacklisted referees, right? I can't remember. Was it Steve Mazzagatti 
used to i think that was mazagati yeah mazagati and yamasaki we haven't seen yamasaki since either Mm -hmm. yeah like so basically the ufc can say like i don't like this official i don't think he's doing a good job they're not going to officiate our events anymore and that happens so it's like there's no reason why a judge like uh crosby couldn't be just eliminated um because yeah i mean I, i think the patty fight was egregious i i would call it uh, calling it a robbery I, I i get a little hesitant because i do think it was fairly close but i do think jared won at the end of the day like, yeah. i think he won the first round is really the problem for a lot of people and and That's i watched the one that it people again. has a real problem After we with. talked okay. bobby i watched mm. it again and i do think jared won if only because i, I think one neither of i mean I, he was landing the cleaner shots Mm. Um, but also even if you say like the, the damage criteria was even, he got that takedown at the end. So I, I kind of thought for most of the round, like it, they were both landing decent shots. I think Jared land mm. the, the cleaner, stronger strikes. Um, and then he got the takedown at the end. So like, maybe I think that's just enough to give it. But like, for me, it wasn't like this egregious, like, oh, it was because we've seen worse decisions, but we've been seeing a lot of bad decisions. And I think now that yeah. betting is such a huge part of this sport, like we talked about last week, it's painted all over their stats mm-hmm. it, it's a huge component props to watch the middle yeah. of card for, props to watch in the middle of fight oh yeah you know i right? mean either i mean i think even at one point like after the fight like dc was like oh i'm looking up like what what the what the odds are now at this like it it, it it permeates the entire like not even just like the lead up while the fight's going on while they're breaking down you know, they're always talking about this guy was underdog so many times. What's the line like now after two rounds? Like it's constantly changing. It's 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 mm. a massive part of this sport, whether you like it or not. Now that this whole issue with James Krause has come into scrutiny about like the legitimacy of the competition. And, you know, this isn't the first time. I mean, what, uh, know, oh, wait, wait, one second. Mm-hmm. Mark, I apologize for interrupting you, but Dana White last week saying or like a week or so ago, but mm-hmm. first started saying like, Oh, we had someone look into it. There's no proof of anything. Yeah. That was then. This week, he's like, people need to go to fucking federal prison. Things have taken a big turn well, week to week here, haven't I they? Think, I think when, <laughs> was it Ontario was like, you know what? Yeah, Alberta, Alberta gave it, it was back. Alberta, yeah, Ontario like, still hold like, on. It was like, you know what? You can't bet on the sport anymore. We don't, so I think at yeah. that, I was like, okay, we need to curtail this as quickly as possible but yeah um so and i think the judging is the next thing like we've had you know how long ago was it with peter yan and sean o'malley that was another huge one that people were torn up on and there's been a lot of decisions like that where it's like and we've talked about it too maybe open scoring maybe and, and maybe the answer is we need to get a new you know generation of judges out there but i you know i to to be completely honest when i was living in sacramento and I found out like, oh, there's an athletic commission that's run by the government that controls all these combat sports. And I was super into MMA. It was still, you know, it was barely getting off its feet. I was like, I want to get involved. Like I being a ref, being a judge, whatever. So I I went to the commission and I was like, you know, I'm still in college. Is there any internships or like, what could I, and I got nothing with them. So, and I think that's just like that commission is just a thing where it's very much rooted in its own kind of like history and stuff so i mean i don't know what it takes to become a ref or a judge or no one making any money that's a problem here none of these positions pay more than they give you like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or something sure herb dean will make like a grand for a main event by the way for boxing the hey a referee like a real well we'll get like back when the dude was i mean is mills lane dead mike mills lane just passed away this past week oh Oh, fuck really yeah 
Oh, fucking rest in peace to let's get it on Mills Lane, guys. Yeah, damn. I, I'm, I didn't really, miss that entirely this week. Yeah, I'm really shocked yeah, that there bro. wasn't. I, I got to double check that, Mike. Okay. Not that I don't believe anyway, you, but that's but too like, big they're of a like, They're like, you'll hear the, like, the referee's going to make a big fucking check. Like a big fucking check. Like, I don't know. I think, like, Mike, going to you here, like. I mean, Mark, I think, Mark confirms. Yeah, December yeah. 6th. What the fuck? Fucking no one said peace, anything. Man. Not if only, you guys have never heard of Celebrity Deathmatch, you should I, watch that's that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like, okay. It's not only was he like one of the most iconic boxing referees, he was the referee on Celebrity Deathmatch. He became a judge and had a TV show. Yo, that how shit was, was fired ass yeah, show. Yeah. How was this not on any M I mean, I know he didn't referee MMA fights, but like as a legendary figure in combat sports, how did I not see this mike Yo, i'm not glad you nothing. broke the news Jesus. not for nothing y'all y'all need to keep your ears to, mike, the, to the streets man because this shit was over mike no. let's get your thoughts here what do you think of the judging going on i'm sorry i was a little sidetracked on uh, on mills lane <laughs> what was the question again what are your thoughts on the judging man what do you what are your what's your two cents my thoughts are that and i think we've talked about this before commissions have no incentive to to change because if they're still having record box office uh you know record box offices and whatever jurisdictions they are you know it's not broke if what you're considering broke is oh well the decisions are bad no when it's broke is when people stop showing up because they've lost faith in a fight if it goes to a decision uh it's broke if people stop showing up to the particular to the particular fights stop actually going to vegas or whatever place they are you know putting in their tourist dollars and you know providing commerce to that particular uh city or state because of a particular fight that's when it's broke so it's not broke yet so they have no incentive to do anything about it Busted. That's fucking grim. <laughs> you know, it's also grim. Mills Lane's, uh, you know, life outlook. <laughs> well, like well it. it's over now, so it's not grim anymore. It's just complete. 85. Yeah, good, lo long life, point. too. And like I said, like, dude did a complete. lot, so he's he, he's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, while we're talking about judging, yeah. main event. We don't have a light heavyweight champion. <laughs> nope. We still don't. Um, why did Yuri look? Fuck, God bless your samurai code, Yuri. You should have kept the title. Don't just give it up. All right, you should. Not, you're not. You shouldn't have given it up. Thunder um, Rosa kept it for like six months, and she still ring. hasn't sniffed the ring. She got stripped a while ago, didn't she? No, it just happened like a couple weeks ago. What are okay. you talking about? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Um, main event. Um, Magomed. Ankalaev, Jan Blahovich, uh fighting for we talked about the absurd way we got to this fight. Um, well, hang on to your fucking socks. Um we got a majority is it what is it? Majority draw, split draw? What's it called? S split draw. Split draw, because one judge had it, um getting it up right now. One judge had 48-47 for um which one at 4847? 4847 for uh Blahovich, one at 4846 for Ankalaev. Um and then how did he get the third round to Ankalaev? Okay. And then what judge added 4747. Um I watched it. 
Um, I gave I had it three to two. First, I gave the I'm the only one who apparently gave the first round to Ankalaev. I guess. My bad. I don't know. Um, the media scorecards were somewhere between four to one to three to two. Look, it was a lot of plays. The people, the only round that the rounds that appear to be up, the only round up for grabs is round one, where fifty three percent gave it for Blahovich, uh, forty five gave it to Ankalaev. Some people gave the fifth round to be a ten eight. Um. I don't even know what to talk how to what to talk about here. I don't think anybody thinks this is. I, I don't. I think the only person who's convinced this is definitely a robbery is the guy running Chechnya. Like, what did you, Mike? What did you think at the end of this? So I was just. I started laughing. Honestly, uh, I mean, no. I, 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 my my parlay that part of it became a push was unfortunate, but I um, I was laughing. So so on first viewing, I <laughs> thought that Ankalaev uh, won the fight. I. Thought that Jan had his moments, especially I think when the second and third round, when those yeah. leg kicks were really starting to 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 take effect. Um, I thought Uncle Live won three to two, um, but I did think at the end of the fight. Well, if they say that Jan won the fight, I mean, would I disagree with them? Yes, but I wouldn't think it's the worst thing in the world. Um, so it's one of those things where when I watched it in real time, I thought, oh, well, that's some bullshit. But when I actually rewatched it yesterday and I thought, okay, it's not, it's not that bad of a decision that one person thinks that Jan won it three to two. One person thinks Uncle Live won it three to two. And one person thought, no, this shit was a draw. How did that guy give the third round to Uncle Iob? I just saw that right now. I might have missed. What the fuck's going on? The, the, um, I mean, yeah. that, that's what that's what I thought because I I saw the results before um, I saw the fight. So I was watching the fight, and I, I think like the general consensus I was hearing was like, "Oh yeah, Jan was blasting him with low kicks in the first two rounds and won those rounds, and then um, Magomed kind of came back in the third and, and finished the rest of the fight." And I'm watching the third round, and like. There's one point where Jan blasts him with a low kick and he basically falls over. Like, yeah, he loses. St- he can't. He has. Yeah. To, he basically can't stay on the leg. He kicked him on. His other leg slipped out. I'm like, that's a damaging blow. And then Magomed gets a takedown in the last ten seconds. Like, oh, so we reverted back to that. Like, he got a takedown, so he wins the round there. And then watching the rest of it, I was like, okay, he definitely won the fourth. He took Jan down. And then I was like, oh, in the fifth, that's a ten eight. Like, it's it's not the most dominant ten eight, but like. A, one, first and foremost, he dominated the complete round. It was complete domination. He got him down early and continued that domination. Jan didn't get up at all. And then what really sealed the deal for me is he once he had his back and had one of his hands grabbed with the opposite hand. So he was just throwing punches at will. And even DC was like, they could stop this. Like this could very easily be stopped right now with just ground and pound. And and that that's always been my my 10-8 barometer. Is like if mm-hmm. I feel the fight could potentially be stopped, if it's in the realm of like that referee it won two more good shots, could he could jump in there and stop it? I'm gonna give the guy a 10-8. So for me personally, I, I did think it was a draw. So at the end of the day, where it was a draw, I was like, yeah, that kind of works for me. I didn't have any hard feelings where I get really confused and Bobby talked about the warlord. There's all this oh. talk about like oh well, yeah I'm looking forward to this. I mean I, I could I could I, I did bring it up so I could read you what he wrote Dana but but oh, more to the please, point please read the whole okay, thing because so I was says, laughing the first sentence made me laugh by the so, way this is why I'm calling this UFC 280 who the chickens come home to roost and this is what you happen when half your champions 
are getting paid by a murderous warlord. Here so we go, also Mark. how I how I got this because Bobby said like, oh, you guys look up Dana uh, Ramzad Card Nirov, whatever. I didn't know Kadirov. what his name was. And Dana, like someone pulled up that tweet, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck Bobby just said this guy's name was, but I'm gonna type in Warlord Dana White, and of course I found this tweet, <laughs> so that didn't stop me. So this is the tweet translated. Give him the whole thing, buddy. Please yeah, do. Yeah, he wrote it himself. Dana White, what happened to you? You were a normal, <laughs> principal man, and today you took the championship belt out of the ring without handing it to the clear winner. Or as politics entered the UFC ring and requires you to referee dirty. It's not the referee. It's yeah. a sport, Dana. Be honest. Take an example from Mark Bekalowski, ACA League. I have no idea. That's his that league. Okay. Who stops <laughs> any juggling in the league, any bias, demanding objectivity, and not mixing sports with politics. Hey, Dana White, where are you going? Save the face of the league, your own face. Admit your mistake. Give the belt to the real winner and apologize for the show. Save your league's reputation. He doesn't judge the fights. He would be Is doing the exact me? opposite if he's like, oh, or it's a draw. I'm going to give the belt to He's talking to him like he's a little kid. <laughs> Is it just me or in Mark reading that, did you also just imagine it with like a thick Russian accent? As I was imagining. I was imagining someone scolding a child. That This is like if you fucked up a math test is what it sounds like. Like it was they he talked to him like he was a little boy. Yo, that what was I, hilarious. What I just don't understand is like because it's not the first time I heard like, oh, you should just give the belt to Magomed. He should have won. But it's like just like the Patty fight, like it doesn't matter what we think. Like, we can all throw tantrums and kick the ground and start crying. Patty should have lost. Magomed should have won. The judges, whether you think they're corrupt or, like, a beacon of truth, they make the call. And when they make the call, it fucking stands. It, it, I don't think anything's ever been returned. However, yeah. there, there's I, I a will... lot of people that are under the assumption mm -hmm. that the UFC pays the judges. Like, not even, like, pays them off. Like, pays them that, like... That the judges are employees of employees. the UFC for Which, some but, reason. But, but, but what just gets me is just like, if he would have just gave the belt to Macklemore, he's just like, you know what? Fuck this whole sport and the whole criteria of who wins and loses. I'm the big man. I tell you who's champion. Here's the belt to you. Would really spit in the face of like what it is supposed to be. If it's pro wrestling, if it was pro wrestling, that's You know fun. what? They had, they had a uh, UFC executive under oath say that the UFC titles are props. There you go. Sure. They are. I mean, I mean, look, the UFC is made. We, we talk about how they make a lot of weird decisions. I mean, let's talk about where this fucking going right now here. Buddy. Well, and where it goes there. Too. So, I mean, <laughs> they made a lot of, but that would be beyond the pale. If it's basically like, By the way, well, we're not done with Wardlord talk. Uh, we're, well, we're going to talk about Wardlord talk and Justin Gaethje shortly. Sure. Um, but um, all right. So we came to this fight through some fuckery anyway. And there's Glover sitting there in the front row, guys. Glover sitting there next to um, what is the guy's nickname? I like when they call him his nickname too, the middleweight champion. Um, Alex Pereira. What is his? They just they they keep calling him as just his nickname. Fuck, it's good one too. Yeah, I don't remember what his name is. He just won the God belt. God damn like, it. I'm just fucking old. Poatan? Poatan? P-O-A-T-A. I just like that. By the way, his fist, by the way, is the size of his fucking head. Just, just what is he has problems. Anyway, Glover's sitting there watching his title fight just vamoose. Dana White, by the way, when asked about this main event, which wasn't that bad at all. It was just a fight. 
okay, said he zoned out after the third round, calling it really boring. And apparently at that point is when, like, they're still tr they're trying to book a whole new fucking fight, almost, is when they start working on a, a, that, maybe. Or the second the draw is announced. Because pay-per-view ends, Dana White shits on his two fighters who saved his card. Who saved his card. Right, Mark? They saved his yeah. goddamn card. Yeah. They saved his card. Way to be thankful for these guys taking Yeah. Oh, so part of me, it's like, like, like they kind of did them a favor. Like, they kind of did, did Dana a favor. Points? That's all they needed. That's a great did question. Anybody, did anybody get any and, points? And, or and, just and also, he... He zoned out after the third round because he got bored. Didn't these guys take this fight on like a week's notice and didn't think seventeen they were days as a fight right. in a five round seventeen event? goddamn days? The, the only the only the caveat here is though because I do want to say like oh you know they're heroes they took the fight on short notice they did the best they could they weren't training for a championship fight but but that that is the caveat like. They were doing Dana a favor, but they were also fighting for the fucking belt. So it's like that's kind of ultimately their goal. So they can't be I don't and, and I don't neither of them were like, oh, this was unfair. Why is he trash talking us? We took this, you know, we saved the card or whatever. Yeah. I, they, they did get a title shot out of it. So it wasn't like it was for not. But it is kind of in bad taste to kind of shit on two guys that took up, you know, this Herculean task of having a five round fight. It went five rounds. And, and again, like I've seen much worse. You know, it wasn't that main bad. Events. It was not a bad fight. Like it was honestly it was the, the worst part of the fight for me, Mark, was what I was wondering: what is Ankalaev doing? Yeah, yeah, That's what I, I was wondering for the first few rounds. I'm like, why isn't he just taking this dude down? What are but we, what are we again, around here? To his credit, like he pivoted in the fight. Like it was yeah. a stand up fight. He was losing. Nice he changed. He changed the strategy, and it, it and that in itself made it more compelling to me. So yeah, I don't. I was kind. Of, I was in the same way. I was like, why are you talking shit about these guys? Like, I'm sorry you were bored. You're the fucking owner of the company. I'm sorry. Like, you got to see fucking fireworks. Like, you're paying five hundred dollars for the event. You know, like you waited all month to see this. Like, the fans were like, no, you're the fucking president. I'm sorry, I didn't meet your expectations all the time. But like, these guys were trying. It wasn't like a bad fight. So I, don't know. I took a little. A little so we decide that. that now. Instead, what we're gonna do is uh, uh, Glover Teixeira is gonna fight Jamal Hill. Who was ranked seventh, by the way, um, for the vacant UFC light heavyweight trophy, <laughs> UFC 283. It is the new main event, which no one, no, I, I know it's the higher weight class, but just putting this real quickly, event? huh? What was the old main event? Brandon Moreno versus Davis and Figueroa 4. So it, was already, just, so it was already a belt on the line. The I just want to say I feel that is disrespectful to those two that they got bumped out of the main event. Just my two cents. The part of me wonders, Mark, given who Brandon's coach is, is something about to drop. There. Like, if, yeah, is that fight in jeopardy? That was my only reason why. That, but anyway, that's the main event. Um, I love Jamal Hill. I think Jamal Hill's an awesome fighter. This shit's just out of nowhere, though. Like completely out of nowhere. Jamal was booked to fight Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith found out about this while at the desk working to, working for ESPN. He did not seem happy. Um, Anthony Smith being a good guy that he is, um, Jamal Hill called him and said, uh, would you please come help me train for Glover Teixeira? Because Anthony's fought him. And Anthony nice said, gesture. absolutely, absolutely, man. I would, I would love to help you train. Because Anthony Smith's a good guy. All right, he's a good person. Nice of him to do that. Few and far between. In this he, he'll, he'll get paid, right? This is. I mean, I think that might be the olive branches. Like, if you're going to join camp as a sparring partner, yeah, he'll probably get hope, some. I would hope, by pay. the way, maybe the UFC will pay him his fucking money. That would be a good gesture. That's that'd not be happening. Nice. 
Um, that's asking a lot. Yeah, Jamal Hill, by the way, the UFC just committed to having a champion that's been Paul Craig, I think, is what's going on. Uh, Jamal Hill, look, 31 years old. He's 8-1, eight, eight, parentheses 1. Um, well, we know what that one loss is, same as the one loss it was for Ankalaev. Got fucking uh, Paul Craig. No, he got TKO'd. He's on a three-fight win streak, beat Jimmy Crute, Johnny Walker, Thiago Santos. He has other wins over uh, another win over OSP. He's skipping the top six guys. Or the top, or there's six guys ahead of him. Fucking whatever, Mark. Honestly, who cares? Sure. It'll be a good fight. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, whatever. it happens every now and then. You'll have a championship fight with the a guy that's not. The best light heavyweight in the world that's not injured is Vadim Nemkov, and he's the Bellator champion. I legitimately think, as, I mean, I think the best guy after that is, I think I think Yuri, Yuri beat him. I think Yuri's the best light heavyweight in the world, but Yuri's hurt. Right. So Bellator right now is the best light heavyweight in the world. Good for them. I think Corey Anderson sure. gives a good run for the money for a lot of the guys in the UFC, too. Mike? What did you think when you, when you saw that? When I said that this is what they're booking? It was funny. Um, but I do but feel I kind of bad for Ankalaev and, and Jan because, as we've already mentioned... You you, know, what a guy Jan is, by the way, saying like... I don't say I'm not saying nah, I won that fight. He he's saying to, he I definitely didn't win that fight. I'm not saying I, he says, but I, I'm, I'm not sure if I lost it. I definitely didn't win it. Is what he said. <laughs> he needs to. He needs to. He he tried to do. He tried to do what you know the people want Dana White to do. He tried to just give uh, Uncle Five <laughs> the belt. He knows about the Warlord. <laughs> um, but I feel bad for them because they did fight five hard rounds, and it wasn't. A terrible fight by any stretch of the imagination, and it was a draw for the vacant title. You would think that would lead itself to mean, oh well, they should probably fight for the title again because they were also like what numbers two and three ranked in in the in the world, yeah, something like that. I don't uh, think having a title fight without Glover Teixeira seemed fair. They could have just skipped this and gone straight to Glover versus Makamed, though, Mike. They 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 could have, but for some reason. Um, Magomed must have done something to put a bug up Dana's ass because you normally only see bookings and decisions like this from Dana White when someone is on his shit list. And that's obvious the case that both of these guys are on his shit list. But besides that, as stupid as all of this has been, I'm kind of excited for you know Jamal Hill and, uh, and Glover. I think that's going to be a good time. Jamal's a good fighter. Glover, good fighter, man. I think it's going to be a good fight. And, and, and you know what? The light heavyweight division has been in a state of flux and transition for about two, three years since John Jones decided to go away. You know what? This is the epitome of that. You know, this is just more par for the course. When Let's it just fold the division entirely division. and just everybody above 186 pounds is in the same weight class. I think that's fine. Let's just let's just do that. Who gives a shit? We're so close to being pro wrestling. Let's just book a triple threat match. How about that? Huh, guys? Or Fatal 4-Way? Mm, I'm sure ECW they're doing it in Russia to, Mike, ECW used to have these matches where it was four dudes, but essentially there would be two singles matches going on at the same time. And then after those two guys were done fighting, just they continue rest, continue right there. That's the move here. Okay? Put the four dudes in the cage, book 1v1 on each side, the winners fight right there. Single cage tournament. These are good ideas. I'm giving away for free, guys. Just saying. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, 
we'll see what happens there. And I hope Brandon Moreno staying in that fight. That's just me guessing why it would be bumped down. I guess it's just the size thing, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. That, by the way, I'm still very excited for those guys to fight a fourth time. I'll be excited when they fight a fifth time, too. It's good times every time those two guys fight. All right, the rest of this card, which was quite frankly awesome. Um, I was uh, – Ponzinibbio, Alex, Mor Alex Morano. Oh, this was not going well for Ponzinibbio. It was really not going well. And then he kind of pulled his shit out of his ass in the third round. Um, the people who bet that this fight would go longer than three and a, than two and a half rounds, I feel really bad for you that it ended two minutes and 29 seconds into that third round. That's a bad beat, Mike. It's a real bad beat right there. Um, that's a real bad beat. Um, Ponzinibbio basically went the whole fight, tried to land, I think, that right hand, and uh, you know, he eventually came home and knocked him. Drickus Duplessis, Darren Till. I'm a big fan of Ariel calling Drickus Duplessis DDP, just because I like I just like DDP when I was a kid anyway. Um, Darren Till. I felt, I, I, after the podcast yesterday, there was a part of me that thought that, was I really harsh about Darren Till? Because I really went in on him last week, I think. Would that be a fair assessment, guys? Um, mm -hmm. Then he came out to what I learned honest. was what was called, referred to as the Andrew Tate theme song, which... I just learned who Andrew Tate was like in the last month when my girlfriend told me about him. Didn't know he had a theme song. Retrospect, is, even uh, more excited that uh, is, Darren Till got his face girlfriend Is your girlfriend a student of Hustler University? Is that what he does? I don't know. He's been just a bad person. Still a bad person. Doesn't like women. Um, yeah, Darren Till got his face punched in. Uh, he got hit. At one point, the striking, Mike, you were watching, it was 60 to nothing, the striking, when he was getting head punched in against a cage. Then uh, DDP got tired of beating his ass. And in the second round, Darren really had a chance to do something. And he might have torn his ACL again, he seems to indicate. Um, then in the third round, people said he kind of gave up when he got face cranked. I I mean, it was that was bad. The whole was a very bad performance for Darren Till. I would not have been surprised if he said that was it. Honestly. That was not what he's saying. Yeah, his body was not he cannot hold up to this. And he's nothing special at 185 pounds. I will reiterate that. He is nothing in any way special at 185 pounds. He's to get his fat ass in shape, go back down to 170 some way. Cuz Mark, he's not good enough at 185 to fight anybody ranked. Yeah, I mean, the the stock has gone down a lot. Um and I think yeah. after this fight I heard him say like he's not giving up MMA but like eh, it might be curtains for UFC. And I think that's fair. At this point, a change of scenery, kind of getting, you know, a new start in a lower promotion where maybe he could be, you know, that bigger fish in a smaller pond. But I even think I kind of agree with you at middleweight, there's going to be a lot of guys in these other organizations like Till still has a name. Like, this is a big scalp I can get for myself. I beat the crap out of this guy. So there's still going to be dudes hunting him. So I don't know. He needs to get things in line because like he needs like to get healthy. Week. Yeah. I mean, it's just his UFC run has just not been very impressive and it's only gotten worse recently. So he needs to make some corrections for sure. Um, And here's the star of the goddamn night. Ilya Tapuria, Bryce Mitchell. Ilya said, I'm going to get this right, Mike. He said he told Bryce he was going to. Bash his head as flat as Bryce thinks the earth is. <laughs> and uh, he did. He did. Um, Bryce is a... This felt like a really... This mark. This felt like... This was the fight I was most excited for. This kind of felt like mm -hmm. we were watching a... 
it kind of felt like, and it, and it kind of felt like we were fight to fight watching two guys who might be fighting for titles one day. Uh, it kind of honestly felt like, and I know it did end up with this way for one of them. It kind of felt like that Cody Garbrandt, Cody, Alma, uh, um, what's his name, Alma, Mar- uh, what's his name, Almeida fight. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, like, both these guys look like these motherfuckers might both be title contenders. The new both. generation. I, I'm yeah. a little hesitant to say Mitchell's quite there. Ilya is. No. And, you Ilya. know, and, and I picked Oof. Mitchell, you know, and, and last week, you, you know, I was to. taking some some Hail Marys to try to get something going. Um, Later that week, and I think, I mean, you said Mike showed you, you guys watched a bunch of highlights. I, UFC put a little highlight of his like four fights in the UFC. And I was like, oh yeah, no, this guy's going to demolish <laughs> Mitchell. I I mean, look, I mean, we talked a lot about the fights and, and what I like in strikers. Like this dude doesn't just hunt the body. It's fucking liver shots. It's left hooks to the body, overhand rights to the head. That's usually how he gets it done because literally in like three of the fights I saw, the the hook to the body doesn't get enough credit. It basically fucking freezes these dudes. And then he overhand rights the shit out of them and it's fucking over. Um, On top of that, fantastic grappler he's a great submission artist like we saw in this fight like he really has all those tools but even more so for me it's like he has the power but he has the the training to know like i can't just it's not even i can't just go for the head why go for just the head why do so many guys headhunt the body's right there especially when you crack some dude in the dome the first thing they're gonna do is cover up the liver's right there it's a fucking second chin that no one goes after and this guy goes after it hard and in this fight it was difficult because uh bryce was uh southpaw or okay uh Ilya fucking cab kicked him so fucking hard in the first 10 seconds mitchell went southpaw for the rest of the fight like he he hit one cab kick and the leg was crippled um, yeah. You know, and to Mitchell's credit, like fighting out of southpaw, which I don't think he usually does, he did a half decent job. Like he was, he was doing some good things to keep him on the outside. But once Ilya got in inside, he was demolishing him. He basically KO'd him on the feet and then decided to grapple with him. Which you know, the announcement team was like, "Oh, don't do that!" Like Mitchell's really good on the ground. You're playing into his games. Like, yeah, this guy's good on the ground. Yeah, too. I felt those guys did not know what they were getting. I'm like, this guy's got a Greco-Roman background. He could give a fuck about Bryce Mitchell's doing today. Like, yeah. it didn't matter to him. Like, yeah, but it, it was like I was Mike. I was so impressed. Like, Mike, this guy is still – if you're this guy, right, who's now – he just beat the number nine guy, right? So he's at least number nine, minimum, okay? He's still talking about him and Patty. Does he not getting that fight, right? Like, let's be clear about this. He would murder Patty Pimblett. Like, it no, would be that, so bad for him. No, and that's exactly why. Um, um, while the UFC doesn't fix fights, uh, they fix who fights who. They do fix that, and I'm pretty sure that Dana White doesn't want his boy Patty, his new boy, because Dana White always has one or two fighters who he's, you know, really obsessed with. We're not going to be seeing Patty, I think, fighting anyone of substance fairly soon. What do we do with this guy? Because the guys ahead of him, we got Giga Chikadze, Calvin Cater, Zombie just got hurt again. I'm not sure if you guys saw that story. He got a bad shoulder injury. Kind of makes you wonder about that whole South Korea card. Josh Emmett's fighting for the title. Arnold Allen is, or the Emirate title. Arnold Allen's kind of out in the cold there at number four. I don't know what's up with Brian Ortega. Yair is fighting in that title fight. There's Max. Do we just go to the moon? Or I, 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 Me personally, I don't know what Calvin Cater's up to, but I think Calvin Cater and Ilya Tapuria would be a fucking awesome fight. Mm, what do you think, totally. Mike? Yeah, no. I, I think that would be a good, pretty, good, uh, pretty good fight and a pretty good step up. Um... He's this guy's gonna, 
this guy's my new religion, Mike. I've decided this is my new dude. All right, it's Ilya Taporia. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but he definitely deserves a much higher step up in in, in challenge. He he deserves it. Yeah, that was I was so impressed with him. Uh, every fighter who got a finish, got a um, got a uh, performance bonus, and mm -hmm. the fight of the night, despite um, despite P Patty begging for it, was not his fight. Which Dana White asked when when he asked for the fight of the night, and Dana White said. Have you been watching the card? Was the most I've liked Dana White in probably years. Because I feel Dana was saying, have you have you seen that there's been 10 straight finishes, you dumb bitch? No, you're not a fight of the night. That wasn't that good. Anyway, um, Raul Rosas Jr. Going to be a fucking star in math class today, man, when he showed up, huh? Getting a UFC win, 18 years old. Um, that was a big win for the kid. Um, he Today he said he thinks he can beat Aljamain Sterling. S slow down. Let's just, just slow down. You're 18 years old. Slow down. Ah, uh, the biggie boy against Chris Dalkis, Mike. Uh, look, I, I, I feel me pointing it out last week. I was going to say it again. This guy's a cop, and they keep making, making him fight giant black dudes. All right? Mike, are there, are there, is there, what is the next giant black dude they can book him against in the UFC heavyweight division? Or does it not exist? Um, has he fought... Um... Has he fought my guy? Well, what's his name from Houston? Derek Lewis? Yeah. That's how you lost the championship this to me. <laughs> uh, that fight. That was that fight. I oh, wasn't trying to bring shit, that up to you. That was that, it. I wasn't trying to be mean and bring that up like that, but it was. Oh, uh, man. Um, look, all I know is that I had a pretty good joke that I texted to you right when Delcus lost. When all I texted to you was Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, yep, I was waiting for that one. There we go. Um... Edmund Shabazian uh, got a win here. They mentioned that he had a new manager, which is Ali, about 15 times. So good for Ali. Mm -hmm. Good oh, for him. That's, that's who's managing him? Yeah, not Ronda Rousey. I don't know if she was actually doing anything. And he left that gym, mm -hmm. which was probably for the He's best. He's at Couture now. We talked about it before the fight. He's at Couture. We talked about it before the fight. He, he, they set him up to get a win here. He had to get a win here. Um, the other dude appeared to be made of muscle. So very impressive getting off the bus. Uh, Joaquin Buckley was winning before he got his leg caught and got punched in the face. I like Cliff. I like Chris Curtis. I like less that Sean Strickland's in his corner. Big sure. wins for Quarantillo, TJ Brown over Eric Silva, and Cameron Simon on the undercard. We had ten finishes on this card. It's impressive, as I said, that we went from well, probably a fight of the uh, card of the year to a wet fart uh, overall. May, may I say I must have had a leprechaun just like looking over my shoulder this past Saturday because right at the last minute in my six fight parlay, I took out Buckley, um, which made it a five fight parlay. This is literally like I was about to press the button, took him out. He ends up losing. I do a happy dance. And then the horrendous decision for Patty Pimblett ended up saving the four fight parlay because I ended up cashing out after that. Yeah, I mean, it didn't matter that you cashed out because the main event ended up being a push anyway with the draw. Oh, I, 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 thought, I, I thought that would have meant I lost. No, I had a five. I had the whole main card. I got a push. I, I had Magomed on two different parlays and it just pushed. So it was a really good card until it wasn't, Mark. I guess that's what we say, right? It was a really good card until it wasn't. But, yeah, and again, like know. we said at the top of the show, the fights the weren't bad. The it was just the, the, the controversy, you know, yeah. the, the politics behind I, I the I feel outcomes. the UFC made – I think Dana White made the main event worse. I think what's happened afterwards made the main event worse. 
I think the draw was what it was, but I think like he, the way he treated it, it wasn't that bad of a fight. Yeah. This poor bastard has got two fucked up legs from getting kicked to death. The other dude exhausted. He got a big fucking Russian bear swinging him around for two and a half rounds. Like, guys did their best, man. Like, yeah. like even the fucking Patty. They got, everybody fought their best, okay? It's, the fights were fine. Um, all right. Speaking of Warlord talk, Mike, we're going to lead into your fight. Uh, here, you're going to give for fights we like. But uh, Justin Gaethje, and I've been the biggest Justin Gaethje guy this podcast has had. I was talking about Justin Gaethje when it looked like he was fighting in, in a fucking 24-hour fitness uh, gymnasium. Yeah, okay, in Bo World Bobby, Series of fighting. Bobby saw Justin Gaethje beat up a one-armed Nick Maxwell, and he's like, this guy's the best guy ever. Nick Maxwell <laughs> is a guy we went to high school with. Uh, he's a nice was, guy. What was the guy I was thinking <laughs> Nick of? Nick Newell. Nick Newell. Yeah, he beat up a one-armed We one saw Nick Maxwell guy. like a month so ago. <laughs> I knew it was something. Nick. Poor Nick. Nick Maxwell. Yeah, uh, he's a lawyer out in Danville if you guys need anybody. Um, okay, um, yeah, um, Justin Gaethje was trying to cook the Barstool Sports guys because they're cringy, the, the whole cringy thing where Patty was begging for fight of the night, and then the guy, Dave Portnoy, who I'm really no fan of and is a generally loathsome person when it comes to labor relations in this country, but on the scale here, he's a fucking Mother Teresa, said, hey, when Justin Gaethje came at him, just, he was like, hey, people are telling me you go and visit countries and hang out with murderous dictators, which, accurate. Um, and Justin Gaethje's like, it's not true, it's slander. And then people started posting pictures of Justin Gaethje in Chechnya shooting guns and being at this dude's, at this guy's teenage son's birthday party, and Gaethje's like, oh, there's no picture of me and that guy you talk about in this thing. So Justin Gaethje taking L's on social media. Wonderfully. Mike, <laughs> and with that, Let's induct the man into fights we like, though. All right. Uh, just a quick thing. Uh, looks like uh, it was confirmed Lauren Boebert held on to her house seat. So we got two more years of that crazy I think lady. She, well, you know what? She might be his congresswoman. She lives in or, Colorado. Or at, the at the very least, his uh, spirit animal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, the fight I like this week is... Uh, happened in the ultimate fighter finale july 7th 2017 can't remember if this was the main event or not but it was the aforementioned justin gaethje in his ufc debut coming from his long run was it in world series of fighting yeah the that, currently that now referred to as the pfl but yes the world series of fighting at the oh time. you know i completely forgot about that um and michael johnson um who I think just fought last week, got a win. And I think at the time had a much better record and was a very good test um, for a lightweight from another promotion who was coming in with a lot of hype and, uh, you know, was going to fight a very solid UFC fighter. Uh, for me, this fight sticks out because it's a, uh, one of the fight cards that I had the pleasure of watching at about 8 a.m., um, 7 a.m. when I was living in Japan. I remember distinctly this day. Um, I had gone out the night before, partied pretty hard. I had gotten some of those uh, uh, prevent a hangover pill. So I was amazed when I woke up at about 6 a.m., 7 a.m. after a night of hard drinking without a uh, headache or a stomach ache to boot. 
And I remember just spending the morning doing laundry, uh, having breakfast and watching UFC fights. And I remember as I was, uh, you know, putting clothes out to dry, this fight started and I promptly dropped all of my uh, clothes onto the balcony floor because this fight was uh, was a barn burner. Um, Justin Gaethje didn't disappoint in any way. He he got. My, you know how rare it is for me to. I mean, how many times I've sold Mike a fighter and it didn't pay off. It was so nice to have one pay off this time. I remember. <laughs> and, and in this case, is is not like Bobby said. This guy is the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, Bobby said this guy is entertaining. Yeah. And he was entertaining because he almost lost the fight. And then he came back and, and knocked Michael Johnson out. It was a perfect way to start a lazy Tokyo Sunday morning. And I'm sure a great way to cap off a great Saturday night for you guys. He threatened to beat up the barstool guy too, by the way. Just putting that out there. Good fight though. I, I like well, I love watching Justin Gaethje fight. Um, fucking million dollar fighter. Nickelhead. Um, let's do Mark. Mark liked that one a little bit. Um, okay, no, let's do. Um, let's do. Let's make some picks, guys. Let's make some picks for this last UFC card of the year. We're gonna pick the Bellator and Rising card later this month, I think. Um, and we're gonna be doing our fights of the year and all that stuff too shortly. Um, which I will actually want to bring up after we make our picks real quickly. Uh, some of the World MMA awards because I that's. Part of the things I liked actually this week, even though it's MMA related. Um, so, Mike, where are we are in the standings now, post uh, UFC 282? All right. So, I made up no ground. So, Bobby is still ahead at 66, 32, and now. No, don't put the one, one in there. Fuck. Oh, we do. No, we, we, there, we had. A, we had other draws, we, bro. We gotta have the one. We, we got no contest. One. Okay, fine. Whatever. We gotta have the one. Come on. It's just ruining oh. our. It's gonna. It's, it's just gonna mess up our percentage. We have a slightly better percentage of picks if we don't count the draw. Ah, uh, no, no, no. We gotta have the one. All right. The one makes it. All right. The one makes it look legit. Anyway. Okay. I don't know what I think. I just. I, it looks nice. Leave me alone. Anyway, I am bringing up right behind you at sixty-five. 33 and one chalk is coming up behind at 63 35 and one and dj mark this uh, podcast you know, already hour and 10 minutes long Mike, lost, please yeah you know what you know you know if you're, if you're when you're when you're when you're on the nice you might as well tap dance and mark is bringing <laughs> up the rear at 61 37 and say with me guys and the one, no one said it with. Me. So say we got way better at picking this year, guys. Yeah, we got I mean, like we're over sixty percent. All of us like last year was miserable. I won with like fifty something percent last year, and the year before yeah. that was even worse. I think we're, we're really picking it up here. Um, all right, Mark. Uh, barring some wild moves between this and the rising card, it is unlikely you're going to catch up. I think, but you <laughs> made a valiant effort to make them between your. You got two also. This would have been your third. You and me both got mm -hmm. two. Mike got zero. Um, but well, hey, man, you know what? You bipolar. You're only one back. Um, let's pick some fights here. UFC is back at is at that apex. Um, I'll give Sean Strickland this. A lot of respect for cornering a fighter when you have a fight the next week. Granted, it's in the same city, but honestly, respect for that. Cornering uh, Chris Curtis there. Sean Strickland and Jared Cannonier are gonna out fucking weird each other at this card. Um, we hope the crystals are gonna hit the sunlight at the right place because I'm taking Jared Cannonier in this one. 
They're going five rounds in the middleweight division. The betting line, I think, slightly favors Sean Strickland right now. Very slight favorite on DraftKings at minus 120. He's also minus 120 on FanDuel. Minus 106 on FanDuel for Jaron Cannonier. Plus 100 on DraftKings. Again, you should do your MMA gambling on DraftKings. Just seems like that's the move, Mike. Um, Jared Cannonier um, managed to get people to boo pa- to be unhappy with uh, Israel Adesanya in his last fight. That's what the end game of Jared Cannonier's last fight was, right, guys? I don't think he's fought since then, has he? Nope. Um, he tried to avoid getting knocked out for five rounds with Israel Adesanya. Good for him. Uh, Sean Strickland fought one of the dumbest fights ever and still made, Mark, made me laugh quite a bit when Mark's reaction to his dumb fighting style when he fought the current middleweight champion and got knocked out in two and a half minutes. <laughs> Mark just said, oh, he's going to get knocked out. Still made me laugh. Um, I got I got Cannonier, man. Um, I don't know if he's guy. It's a pick him. Don't like Sean Strickland. I think if he loses, we could be done with this. Honestly. Almost. Right? Like, lose two fights we have to worry about this dude talking as much for a while maybe that's part of it is mike this is your chance buddy i'm taking jared cannon here partly because i want him to win and i'm i think the crystals will shine bright on that day and the moon crystal and the power crystal and the double leg takedown crystal will lead this man to victory mark who do you got yeah i'm gonna go with strickland um i, I do think this is a really compelling fight i think it's gonna be potentially closely contested i do think jared could easily win this fight and honestly like i think what's kind of pushing me over the edge more is just just the number on the record like I a lot of losses it, i mean and not even a lot 15 and 6 is not bad especially when you factor in this guy used to fight at heavyweight and then light heavyweight and now middleweight seems to be probably the weight class he should have been fighting in um and then you know just comparing to strickland's you know 25 and 4 you know those losses are a little less frequent and that's really it i i do think they're going to stand and bang with each other and that could be huge problems for strickland because i mean jared cannonier carries a lot of weight in those punches and i do think strickland is a little bit more of sticking in the pocket using the head movement to try to negate some of the power uh, but, you know, we saw how well that went with Alex. Now, I think Alex Pereira is a much better striker than Jared Cannonier, and he really set him up for that left hook. Um, but I do think Strickland's going to try to strike with him. He's going to try to sit in the pocket, and that's potentially going to be really dangerous. But more often than not, he's able to pull it out. So have, have I'm going to go seen, Have you seen who these two dudes have really lost to? Like, they don't lose to bad people. I mean, okay, what, what, uh, Strickland's got one. That I don't know who that guy is. Dos Santos? Um, yeah, I really, I'm not sure who yeah. Dos Santos is. Okay. Jared's lost to uh, Sean Jordan's the one for Jared. That's a little iffy, but that was also at heavyweight, seven years yeah. ago. But like Glover, Yawn, Dominic Reyes, Robert Whitaker, and Izzy Adesanya. Yeah, all title contenders are honestly. Uh, there's also a chance this fight might suck. I was thinking about it, might suck, but I don't think it will. Honestly, I think it's gonna. I think it's going all five too. Honestly, I really do. Do you think it's gonna get? A, we're gonna get a finish here. I, I, I potentially. Should Sean I think- finish anybody? Uh, I mean, he gets a lot of decisions. He does get knockouts every now and then. But I do think think it won't be boring because Sean's going to be in his face. That's just how this guy fights is like he it's not only that like he's I think he's a good boxer is that like he has no qualms about getting in the pocket and throwing down punches. And when you fight like that, the other guy is either going to curl up and not do anything and let him tee off, which maybe Cannoneer lets him do because he didn't look super impressive in his last fight against Izzy. Or he's going to fire back, and we're going to have a fucking firefight, and probably someone's going to go down. I think it, it, I agree, Bobby. It could potentially be boring, but I think it has a lot of potential to be really exciting, too. So we'll see. Uh, Mike? 
Yeah, you are you are right. I kind of had to go against the grain here. I do think that Sean Strickland has a pretty good chance of winning this fight, as evidenced by the fact he is a, a slight favorite. But look, man, this is the week I gotta make the move. All right. Honest question. If we pick Bellator and Ryzen, are those fights actually taking place on December 31st or are they happening on January 1st? What time of uh, day is that happening? Well, it's oh, that, on, I think that count, that'll count. That'll count. It, it, if we it, decide it's, it counts, that's fine. It's New Year's Eve and it'll be Japan. a day before for us. Yeah. Oh, then okay. We're good. It'll be right. like, because if I was New gonna Year's be like, Eve's on Sunday, it'll be Saturday on. morning or whatever. So it'll. I thought we we're about to decide this whole thing on the Ismail America fight. America first, baby. It's all about when it happens for this us. This is really going to come down to Bellator and Ryzen, possibly. Wow. Okay. I don't Mike, you're think taking we should take those fights because we don't know who those guys are. I don't. I, I honestly, um, that's up to Mike. Did we pick those fights? Because let's face it. Are you about to take? Are you about? Are you about? You're about to take Ismagulov. We don't have to. Here's the thing. I know those fights, fighters. So I like, feel, if I fall I behind feel, here, I'm gonna take you out. I'm gonna, feel, I'm gonna want to pick them. <laughs> I feel in the spirit of the it's some amazing picks, which we rarely ever pick a Bellator. We never pick a rising card. I think this should just be it. I either fall flat here, or I somehow win the, win this, or I tie. If sure. I'm, okay tie, I'm not giving you the belt. If you if you if you get a tie, I'm not giving you the belt. Stop paying for that shipping. Ty goes to the runner, so I'll be okay with that. At least, okay. I, at least uh, I won't lose by one fucking match. So again. here's the thing. Are you going to pick the other one against me too, or are you going to just ride this whole thing on the main event? Because do you have no, any idea who Ismagulov is? No, if if I only get the main event, then it's a tie. No, no that's true. I'm, you I'm, go, have to. I'm, going, I'm going for the gold, baby. All right. Uh, Sarukian versus Damir Ismagulov. This is going to be fucking sick. Um, I love both these dudes. Um, Sarakian, I think he kind of got a raw deal against Gamrot, but Gamrot's so fucking good too. It was such a good fight. Um, this is just another goddamn lightweight that's coming, guys. Like every lightweight. This is the same weight class as Patty Pimblet, guys. Both of these guys embarrass him so badly, it's not even funny. Um, Dagestan? Dagestan? Uh, Sarakian is Georgian. Like, uh, Ilya's also Georgian, I believe. Um, Sarakian, uh, after winning five straight, lost that close fight to Gamrot. His only other loss in the UFC is to Islam Mahachev. Isma Gulov, Russian, um, born and fighting out of Kazakhstan, actually. Uh, another master of sport in hand-to-hand -hand combat. 31 years old, 24 wins, one loss. That one loss was so long ago. It doesn't matter who I say it was to. In the UFC, he is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 0 with five decision wins. Um, not a lot of names you recognize there, but, uh, and the last one being a split. Um, he's coming into this one as a slight underdog, I believe, at a plus 155 on DraftKings, plus 146 on FanDuel. Again, do your gambling on DraftKings. Armin's minus 180 on DraftKings, minus 188 on FanDuel. I fucking love Armin's, uh, Armin Sarekian. I talked about it last time. I thought he beat Gamrot. But such a good fight, I was okay with it, man. This is the guy's another future of the division, so... But I, this is a, I honestly, Mike, I think he's the, Ismagulov is a very live dog here. I don't think this betting line's an accident. He hasn't lost in a very long time. So you might pull this off, but I got Armin winning this year. What do you got? I mean, you got Ismagulov. You have a reason behind it beyond you have to? Uh, the reason I have it is that I want to win. Okay. Marcus, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Damir too. And I don't, there's really no reason. Maybe I'm just trying to to get points on because I don't only get points on you. I want to get any on Mike, so it really doesn't you matter. Might, really, you, might, you might catch up to Chalk. 
I'm really, I'm really getting cocked. You're gonna, you can There's no way. How, 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 how far behind Chalk is Mark? Uh, I'm like a handful. Um, Chalk is uh, two wins ahead. Oh, so Mark would have to I pick get both. one. You have to, you have to pick Cannoneer and yeah, him if no. you want to catch up this. Um, but again, like, and this is bad. I mean, I, like, like you, Bobby. I've been really impressed. Once Armin got on my radar, I've been really impressed. That fight with Gamrot was fantastic. I thought it was super close. Yeah. I don't even know who Damir is. I don't know if I've ever seen him fight, but his records are He's impressive. ranked number 14, I think. I mean, I'm not just putting this on here to fuck with you, Mike. I mean, also, we had to put another fight here. If not, you were going to get a tie. Yeah. But yeah. And I, I, he's I'm, ranked like 13 or 14. I don't know I why I'm so. picking him. It's just I, I'm in that I'm in that last, last place scrap where I'm just picking – Picking not fights with my brain, just trying to get something done, I guess, for whatever reason. But yeah, I'll go with the other guy, dummy or whatever. Is Chavkat Rachmana fighting Jeff Neal on this? No, right? Because on best fight odds, it says that. Because that would be a fight to pick. I mean, Jeff Neal is going to get baptized if that fight's happening, but no, I don't think it's happening. <gasps> All right. Um, this isn't a bad card. Uh, some other stuff on there. We mind. Bobby Green, Drew Dober is not bad. Deron win, Julian Marquez, not bad. Okay, maybe it's not great. Why do I know Cheyenne Velismus? Don't remember why, to be honest. Why are you looking past Alex Caceres, bro? Because, you know what? Alex Caceres, like Michael Johnson, he's still in the UFC. Good career, honestly. You tell me Bruce Leroy was still going to be in the UFC fucking 12 years later. He showed up in the UFC at 5-2. and two. He is 19-13. and 13. His record is better than I thought it is, by the way, at 14 and 11. There. Um, yeah, this is interesting. Um, I uh, This thing is, I don't know if this, I wonder if this is one of those earlier in the day cards. Is there college football happening next weekend? Or are, we st- are we at that part yet, Mike? I don't believe we are at bowl season yet. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, this, yeah, this thing, oh, the main card's at 4 p.m. On Saturday. So it's a little earlier. Something must be happening Saturday night. Somebody boxing somebody? Everybody boxed last weekend. Fucking Terrence Crawford won. Uh, Tiafimo, Tiafimo Lopez won. That was closer than it needed to be, apparently. Um, thank you for winning, though. My parlay appreciated it. Um, yeah, uh, Isma Gulov is number 12, and Armin is number 9. Um, U.S. versus U.S. in the main event. Russia versus Russia. Because I think Sarekian is carrying the Russian flag in the co-main event. Um, so that's it. Let's do stuff we like. Um, my stuff I like. Um, I kind of. I know it's MMA related, but I like. It's kind of what I, I liked. Parts of the MMA. They gave the MMA awards again. Um, some of the. I, I, some of the uh, results I really enjoyed. Uh, Volkanovski winning. Five. I think their calendar is different than ours. I think they're doing like July to July. I think. Because that's how they're doing it now. Fighter of the year was Alex Volkanovsky. Female fighter was Valentina. Breakthrough was Patty. International fighter was... It's not clear. They didn't say. Fight of the year, Yuri versus Glover. Um, knockout of the year was Tony Ferguson getting front kicks. Submission of the year was Oliveira choking Poirier. Aljamain Staling got comeback of the year. And what he overcame was intense ridicule. An injury, which made me laugh, Mark, a lot. Because I'm like, he was champion this whole time? <laughs> he remained sure. champion this whole time. Um, upset was Juliana. Promotion, UFC. Dana White, leading man of the year. Um, what I liked was for the 13th time in a row, 
Ariel Helwani, journalist <laughs> of the year, which he went up there and said, not bad for a content creator, which is what oh, Patty called nice. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's an insult anyway. And best MMA programming, Morning Combat, the stuff. I, I really like that I'm listening to the best MMA programming, mm-hmm. apparently. Cream of the crop. Yeah. Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell put on a great show. Uh, for people who think bro, Luke is too rough, is too uh, too serious, Brian's basically making dick jokes. So it really work balances out together. Um, and Mark questions him, but Eugene Berriman, Coach of the Year, and City Cock, the kickboxing gym of the year. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides that, uh, I went. Uh, what did I do? I went to a Niner game. That was real fun, and I was sick. I was at home. I was at home sick. I played Ghost of uh, Tsushima a little bit, and uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of stuff we like this week. Um, Mike, what do you got? Have you finally learned how to parry and dodge? <laughs> Yo, I play a brute force strategy in that you, game. You I did. Play, I did. I, I can dodge. You play like shit, bro. <laughs> like. You are Mike, not, you, you are not Mike, playing like Mike, a good don't samurai. make me bust out Mario Tennis and tune you up with Donkey Kong for the entire yo, day. Yo, bro, I've been practicing on Mario Tennis Aces, all right? You can keep your little Mario 64 game, all right? Mark, how are you going to disparage then the Mario, 60, Mario Tennis 64? It's like fucking best game. Um, what do you have this week, though, buddy? Come on. Um, uh, one thing I like this week is uh, pettiness. Um aforementioned uh, Ariel Helwani uh, going on a hour-long rebuttal to the, like, three minutes that Patty Pimblett uh, talked shit on him on. That was, uh, that was great. Bringing out a lot of receipts. Um, it's always fun seeing Ariel go, go at these guys. Um, uh-huh. It was very fun. Uh, watching all the YouTube videos of him going after Brendan Schaub last year, mm-hmm. so that's uh, that that's one of the things that I, I like this week. Besides that, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but I started watching the Netflix show Wednesday. Pretty decent show. Um, it's pretty much everywhere at this point, especially if you uh, if you're on TikTok, which I know Bobby isn't because he has some weird, uh, you know. You know, me in the State Department. Me yeah, in the State Department, Mike. <laughs> with the Chinese not having his information. Uh, not sure if you're on there, Mark. But uh, okay. Wednesday, yeah. you're, you're not sure if Mark's on. You're not sure if Mark's on TikTok. I'm not okay. making any right. assumptions. Okay. I don't know. Right. <laughs> maybe okay. he cru- maybe he crushes an hour or two away just flicking away at a uh, TikTok. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll no, know I, I stopped life. at Facebook. <laughs> mm. uh, but Wednesday, pretty good show. Nice. You you working on the dance? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, Marcus, buddy, you got anything this week? Yeah, n- not a ton. Um, but I did mention last week the Game Awards happened this previous week, and as someone that's been a fan of the Game Awards since they were airing them on Spike, I do think in at least the last like five six years, the show itself has gotten better and better, and I think this year was probably one of their best showings. Not, I mean, and, and the awards themselves don't really matter it's just like most people are going to watch because they show new trailers for games uh and outside of that it's all about kind of pacing the rest of the event like how often are you giving awards out how often are you doing whatever promotional stuff you have to do and i do feel like there have been years where they had really weird awkward sponsors and stuff and i think they've really kind of reeled that stuff in 
And it, it's become a lot less cringy, although there's still some of that. And I think I think that the cringe moments of this year were less about the things they planned to do and kind of was like the things they didn't plan to do. I mean, uh, Al Pacino announced the performance of the year. It was the first award. It was kind of that was a weird guess to get, but it was also kind of cool to see him out there. But he's also like 85 years old and he literally said he couldn't read the teleprompter. So getting his announcement out for the award kind of took a while. And the first guy that won, the guy that played uh, Kratos and got a war one performance of the year and his acceptance speech went on way too long. You could tell like they were hesitant to start playing that music. But at one point, they're like, we got to play the fucking music now. And they played that music for another like four minutes because the dude would knock it off stage. Uh, Jeff Keighley made jokes about it for the rest of the night. Um, and then obviously, I think the biggest headline is some random kid at the end uh, basically kind of trolled the game of the year speech, which Elden Ring won by saying like his favorite rabbi or he want to nominate their award to his reformed rabbi bill clinton and then he was arrested um so that stuff kind of marred the event but uh overall like they're really getting it down to like where it it is becoming very focused on the things that were good and has really cut a lot of the fat over the years so i was really impressed with the uh award show itself do you play Elden ring i know it was out forever did you really get into it and play it a lot or i got i've played all the FromSoft games and i do enjoy them quite a bit but i don't get into them as much as like there's a lot of lore that's going on in those games, and there's a lot of things you can kind of dig in to try to understand the story, and that stuff is not surface it level. It felt like at it all. was like you weren't signing up for a game; you were signing up for a lifestyle. Like people went in on Elden Ring. It felt like just like how deep into the game people went. I mean, there's a lot to potentially unpack if you so choose about trying mm. to understand what's happened in the in, in you know in the the story and the lore is is really deep. And then the game itself was of all their games this is like the culmination of all the things they worked on or learned from the demon and dark souls ga- days from Sekiro and Bloodborne um and then you know it being an open world game. They 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 deserved game of the year. It was easily it was going to be either it or God of War Ragnarok which I'm still extremely early in, but uh, Elden Ring was was the correct choice I think. Um but again, like it was kind of marred cuz this kid wanted to do his stupid little practical joke. Um you know, next year I think security will be a little tighter on who they let up to the to the podium to give to accept awards and stuff but overall i really did enjoy the show and i do think they're getting a lot better just with how they're presenting things um in the overall kind of flow of the show uh lastly i did want to mention uh you know not a lot of big games coming out anymore a lot of the heavy hitters have already come out but there is one more game coming out uh when you guys are listening to this that i'm really excited about because i never got to play final fantasy 7 crisis core because it only came out on the pc uh psp it was literally the only system it ever came out for um i even had a vita which could play a lot of psp games that you could download and crisis core was not one of them so it was it's always been a game that i've been really interested in so i think earlier this year they announced that they're making a like ps i think it's on ps4 and 5 and xbox all the xboxes and even switch basically kind of a soft remake they they redid the battle system they redid the uh graphics fidelity um not in the cutscenes, but in everything else and the game looks a lot more enjoyable and it being something that i've wanted to play for literally like a decade and just never had the opportunity i'm kind of excited to jump in um but yeah that's all i got this week I got some breaking news. Uh, Nate Diaz's comments on Darren Till's fight. Damn. <laughs> Till sucks. That was <laughs> okay. Nate Diaz. And those are no, coming in breaking, now? Breaking news? Like two no, days breaking news. Fight. I actually saw other news. I figured I'd make a funny in there. Uh, Shogun says his fight with Ihor Poteria at, in the next pay-per-view is his final fight. Raise your hand if you knew Shogun was even on the card. Yeah, I, kind of, I didn't know he was on the card. I kind of thought he might have been done already. So 
Yeah. More power um, to him. Yeah. And uh, if that's really the case, we'll say happy trails to Shogun then, and we hope he goes out with a W. Or if Ehor's sure. really good, he, I don't know, hit some fucking some cool shit. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for this week, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be back next week to see if Mike's the new champ. Hey. Um, I think I got this, but if I do got this, I'll be honest, Mike. I don't. I really. I I ran out of material with the jokes a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, most of the jokes will, but mostly I will just be arrogant as a three-time champion. It will not so much be at your expense at that point because I really farted away this lead at UFC 281 while you and me were in the building. <laughs> like between like Brad Riddell and Frankie Edgar, I've decided I'm already going to hang this around Frankie Edgar's stupid neck if I lose. Um, I've decided that already. All the feelings I had about his retirement, I've just given up. Okay, fuck him. All right, he's the reason if I don't get this thing done right now. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll see. Uh, if Patty Pillman finds new ways to make himself look like an asshole, or you know, we'll see if James Cross goes to fucking federal prison. Until then, uh, I was Doctor Law. That was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. Thank you all so much, and uh. See you next week. Peace. Peace.